Hey, we're going to get started tonight, but as you guys have already met my sister, if you haven't met her physically, you've got to hear her. Kim Rodriguez is going to give us a message tonight from the Bible, and we're excited about that. But I always want to give the credit to where uh, credit is due. My sister has always been someone that I've looked up to her, her spirit, her faith, the way that she loves the Word of God, and how it worked in her life. She's always been someone that I've tried to aspire to be in the way that she reads and serves. She's been on the front line. She's been in the jungles. She's watched a lot of things happen in this world that uh, on the mission field. And she's come back to Camarillo because there's a calling for her to be here. And there's a calling for this army to rise. So tonight we're going to give her the stage and uh, just let God work in her. So let's give her a hand and let's watch her work. I'm going to have, uh, ask Jeff Barnett. I'm, I'm going to start with table talk because once I get rolling, it's hard for me to stop. So I'm gonna, we're going to start with table talk. There's two questions um, that, are, that should be up here. And so the first question, I want you to just discuss at your tables these two things. How has God changed your life since you gave your heart to Christ, number one? And number two, by what means did God use to bring about transformation? So how has he changed you, and, and, and how did he do it? So go ahead and just share with the people at your table um, those two things, because we're going to talk about transformation tonight. Okay, let's bring it back in. Um, I'm hoping that you got to hear some beautiful stories about how God changed some people's lives. And I would encourage you to go and to talk more to those people, maybe get more of the story. Because there is power in your testimony. God has the power to transform a life, right? And tonight we're gonna talk about transformation. And so for the last few months in this church, um, they've been talking about three things. Salvation, revelation, and transformation. And hopefully everyone in this room has experienced salvation. And if you haven't, come see me, come see one of the pastors, and we will help lead you into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And tonight I'm going to pray, Father, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that we would, you would, that we would know you, we would know the depths of your heart, reveal yourself more to us every day, that we would grow in the knowledge of God. Thank you, Father, for, for your word that will not return void. And I pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself from, from the oldest to the youngest in this church. And that we would know you and that we would make you known. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Corinthians, we heard last week... Um, I'm just going to give you a quick, a, a quick summary kind of of what Randy said. Number one, because of the cross, Jesus leads us in triumph, in victory. We are victorious in him. And sometimes you might say, I don't feel too victorious in my life because I, I, I know what I how I live and I know what I think. But there is victory in Jesus. And it says that there is a fragrance. Your life has a fragrance that's released. It's aroma. So that you're, you're actually, you carry the fragrance and the presence of God with you wherever you go. And to some people, that will be a sweet-smelling aroma. They'll go, wow, 
you must be a believer. Man, you smell good. What's that cologne you're wearing, you know, or what's that perfume, right? And to other people, you'll be the stench of death because you carry the fragrance of Christ and they, they don't want to know anything about it. But we have a fragrance because Christ lives in us. Our life carries a fragrance. And we need to understand also that our lives are a letter. They're a letter that every man can see. And that letter was written by the Holy Spirit. People are watching you. People are listening to what you say. And people are reading your life. Your life should be an open book. And people should be able to see the love of God and the glory of God in your life. And it says that that, that, that story is written by the Holy Spirit. With, with his holy supernatural ink, he is writing a beautiful story, a poem, a song with your life. And it says, Paul became a minister of the new covenant. And I'm going to tell you tonight that you are all ministers of the new covenant. Not just the pastors here. You are ministers of the new covenant. And it's not because you are something. It's not because I am something. But it's because the Holy Spirit empowers us to be ministers of the new covenant. And so it says in the word of God that it's the Holy Spirit who made Paul sufficient to be a minister of the new covenant. And God wants to raise up his people. And, and yes, there are people who are trained and who have studied and all that. And we should honor them. And we should learn from them. But God wants us all out there sharing our faith so that people can know salvation. So that people can have a revelation that God is real and he exists and I can see him in your life. And so that, that our lives are transformed. That, that we, we don't look and act like we, well, like we used to. And um, so tonight I want to talk about transformation. But in order to get there... We got to go through all the other verses because the very last verse is the one that I really want to focus on. But I want to I want to build up a context. So we're going to start 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. And um, this is what the, the title of this is the glorious ministry or the, the glory of the new covenant. That's what this section in my Bible says, the glory of the new covenant. And so what you'll find out in this section, Paul actually is comparing the old covenant and the new covenant. And he, he's making a comparison here. So we're going to look at verse 7. And this is what it says in verse 7. Even the ministry that was characterized by chiseled letters on stone, tablets, came with a dazzling measure of glory though it produced death. The Israelites couldn't bear to gaze on the glowing face of Moses because of the radiant splendor shining from his countenance, a glory destined to fade away. And so if you know a little bit about the, about the Bible, Paul is referring to that moment in Scripture when Moses received the Ten Commandments. And those Ten Commandments were chiseled on stone by the finger of God. And you know them. You shall not take the Lord your God and his name in vain. You shall not steal. You shall not kill. You, know, you shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. You know, the Ten Commandments, right? This is ringing a bell? 
Right. Okay, so, so God gave Moses the Ten Commandments up on the mountain, but there was something supernatural that happened. Moses is up there on the mountain with God. He's in the presence of God, and the glory of God was so powerful that when he came down from the mountain, his face was shining, and the people were kind of freaked out by it. They're like, oh, my gosh. You know, he came down. I don't know. Did you guys see um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? The dude, you know, he had that encounter with the UFO, and his, half of his face was like super sun. I don't, anyway, never mind. Um, so he comes down with the glory of God on his face, and the people are, are, are afraid. They're afraid. And so, um, so Paul is talking about this old covenant. It's the covenant that God made with Israel. And, and it was glorious. The law is beautiful, and it's glorious, and it has a purpose. And, and it was a covenant. It was a contract. It was a covenant that God was making with his people. He was saying, this is who I am, and this is how I want to live with you. I, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. And as, I'm, as my people, this is how you should live your lives. But that, that, that ministry, or, or that covenant... Paul is saying here, is actually something, um, he calls it, it produced death. Think about it. Animals had to die. Animals had to be sacrificed. And in Romans it says the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, there was bloodshed. Animals had to die, and then eventually Jesus had to send his, had to die on the cross for, for those sins. So the law actually showed us that we were sinners. Without the law, there's no sin. If, if they don't post a law over there saying uh, you can only go 55 here, if there's, no, if there's no speed limit, I can go however fast I want. And I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong, right? But the law shows you that you're, that you're a sinner. Because, dang it, every time I turn around, I'm going 5 or 10 or 20 miles faster than what I should be. Right? The law exposes my heart. It exposes, hey, I'm a sinner. That was the purpose of the law, to show us our, the condition of our heart. Okay, we need to move on. Verse 8. We're going to read um, the next section, verses um, 8 through 12. It says, Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the Spirit that shines from us? For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What was once glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we em embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. So then with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. So basically um, what he's saying here is it's like that old covenant and that glory that was on Moses' face, that was glorious. But this new covenant, the one that we celebrated tonight when we took the Lord's, the Lord's Supper, when he said, take, eat. This is my body. And then he took a cup and he said, drink. 
This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you, for many, for the remission of sins. The new covenant is a higher covenant. It's a greater covenant. It trumps the old covenant. It's more powerful. Because in the old covenant, the goats and, 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 the, and the sheep, they couldn't take away the sin. But Jesus' blood is eternal. And he went and sprinkled it. And it has an eternal value. And now there doesn't have to be yearly sacrifices of animals because Jesus, with his blood, he instituted the new covenant. Now we live in the new covenant, which Jesus started. And so basically what Paul is saying is that old covenant and those things that God did on the mountain with Moses and and the entire Old Testament, it's glorious. It's marvelous. But this new covenant, it's even more glorious It's even more glorious because you're going to see later on as we get to the end of this chapter, um, people are actually, they don't just have the glory of God shining on their face temporarily and then it goes away like Moses did. The glory of God through the power of the Holy Spirit comes in you and it transforms you and you live from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to more glory. It's not a temporary, shiny face that Moses had to use a veil to cover up. It's a life of glory. And and that's what God was after. The Old Testament, there's there's a saying that they say, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Everything in the Old Testament was pointing to Christ. It was all shadows and figures of the one who was coming. But when Christ came, the Old Testament was fulfilled. And now we're living in the New Testament. We're living in the New Covenant. And the Old Testament was glorious. And and it was amazing what God did in those days. But we're living in the New Covenant. And it is even more glorious. And that's basically what Paul is trying to express through this section of Scripture. Let's move on to verse 13. It says, we are not like Moses, who used a veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day the same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah or Christ. So until now... Whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their heart. But the, mo- but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. And, and I don't know. Yeah, he got it good. So, so basically what Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen, we are not like Moses. We are not going to cover up the glory of God on our face. We, we, we want people to see that glory in us. And so we're not going to wear a veil so that the people aren't afraid. Um, and he's also saying there's a hardening. There's a hardening right now even at, in, in Israel, even with the Jewish people. To a certain extent, there's a hardening in their hearts. When they read the Old Covenant, they're blind. They can't see. They don't understand. They're still waiting for Christ to come. And, and so what, what Paul is saying here, he's saying, 
But when your heart turns to the Lord, when you receive Jesus in your heart, the veil is taken away and you can see clearly. You can see clearly. You can understand that he is the Messiah. And you are joined with him and you are one with him. And so um, that's what that section is kind of, it, it, it's, that's the gist of that section. But I wanted to get to, the, to this next part because this is the, the key part of the, the entire message for tonight. It says, verse 17, now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And when, wherever he, the Lord is, there is freedom. Can I hear an amen? amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then it says in the next section, we all can draw, draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transformed into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this gl glorious transformation comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so the whole point of tonight is this verse right here. What we're talking about is Moses going up on, on, on the mountain, receiving the Ten Commandments, and the glory of the Lord was so powerful that it left glory on his face when he would go down the mountain. But now through Christ, we can go into God's presence and we can be changed. We can be transformed into his glorious image. You see, the thing that you need to understand is what was tarnished in the garden was the image of God in man. God made man in his image and after his likeness. But that was distorted and it was stained and it was corrupted when man fell into sin. And so Jesus came to restore that. He came to pay for that. He came to heal that. He came to change that. And the whole goal is he wants, to, he wants to live in you, and he wants to fill you with his glory, and he wants you to live from one level of glory to another level of glory, and he's transforming you into his image. What he originally started out to do, and then it all got sidetracked, and then he cleaned up the mess. And now we're back to square one. And now, just in the same way that Moses went on the mountain and he encountered God, we can worship God. We can read his word. We can meditate on his scripture. We can pray. And we begin to behold the glory of God. And that glory begins to change us. And where we were unforgiving, we become forgiving. And where we were angry, um, we become more kind. And where we were selfish, we become generous. Because slowly but surely, God is changing us. He's transforming us. He's making us like Jesus. And Jesus was the most beautiful, the most kind, the most compassionate, the most merciful, the goodest man who ever walked the face of the earth. And God is wanting to make you to be more like him, our big brother. He's the prototype. But guess what? You don't do this in your strength, just, oh, I'm going to be a better person. I'm really going to try hard today. No. He's given you the Holy Spirit. 
He lives in you, and he is in the process of transforming you every day. As you spend time with him, as you seek him, as you pray, as you meditate on him, as you worship him in your car on the way to work, the glory of God comes, and it washes away all those lies, and it washes away all that stuff that was distorted in you because of the things that were done to you. And little by little, he's changing you, and he's transforming you, and he's making you more like Jesus. And it's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working in your life. But you have to cooperate. You have to allow him, right? And so what God is doing is he's inviting us into this journey of transformation, of walking with Jesus every day, of worshiping him and knowing him and loving him and being changed by him. And then when people see you, they're like, who are you? Like, there's something about you. You know, you got a shiny forehead or something. You know, you, what is it about? What is that fragrance? I want, I want that. You, there, you have a peace in your life. And, and I want that peace. Because the Prince of Peace lives in you. And so God is transforming us. He's changing us. And it's from one degree of glory to, the another, to another degree of glory. And so I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going, to actually, I'm going to actually declare something right now. Your life at this moment is glorious. Because the Spirit of God lives in you. The Lord of glory lives in you. But next year, this time, your life is going to be more glorious. And you're going to walk in more victory. And you're going, to be, you're going to walk less hindered by the chains that are holding you back. Because it is God's desire, it is the Father's desire for his children to be walking in freedom. It is, his, it is the Father's desire for his children to be walking in his love. It is, his fa- it is the Father's desire that his children would forgive the people that have wronged them. It is the Father's desire that his glory would be in us, and it would be overflowing, growing, going from one degree to the next, to the next, to the next. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you tonight. And I don't know, maybe you, maybe you could even look back from a year, like maybe last year, and you go, yeah, my life is more glorious than it was last year. Last year, I was a train wreck. This year, I'm a little better. And next year, you better watch out, right? And so, basically, I'm going to end with this. Um, there's a verse. This is actually probably, you know, if, 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 you had, if you had a life verse, you know, I would say, okay, th- this is probably my life verse. Um, and this is... Uh, This is Romans chapter 12, and it's verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how does it go? I present my body as a living sacrifice. I am yours. My life is yours. You are worthy. Do what you want with me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. My life is a living sacrifice. This is my, this is my reasonable act of service to God. Don't be conformed to this world, to what the television says, the, the, the news. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be changed. How? By the renewing of my mind. My mind is so full of junk. My mind is so full of lies and doubt and fear. My mind is so full of just garbage. So guess what? You need to be brainwashed. You need to get all the junk out. And you need to get the word of God in. Garbage out, the good stuff in. So replace the lies with the truth. Replace the fear with the love of God. Replace the anxiety with the peace that passes understanding. We need to be renewed by our minds. And if you haven't seen transformation in your life, if you've only changed this much, it's because you're still thinking like the old person that you used to be. But I want to show you the last, the last slide here. Um, this is what God's doing. That word transformed is the word that we get for metamorphosis. Okay? And so if you look at this animal, this is a beautiful picture of transformation. Because we were a caterpillar. In our old nature, we crawled around on the ground with our head down, and we ate a bunch of leaves, and our life didn't have a lot of meaning, and we were lost. And then Christ came into our lives, and he changed us, and he transformed us. And now we're a new creation. We are not caterpillars anymore, you guys. We are butterflies with the beauty and the glory of God. And we can fly above and get a heavenly perspective of what's going on. Do you see what I mean? It's transformation. You're actually, the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. You're not what you were anymore. You're not an, a drug addict. You're not a whatever. It doesn't matter what you used to be. Christ changed you. And he is changing you. And he is transforming you because he wants more glory. And the more that we become like him, the more glory he gets. You see what I mean? So I just want to encourage you tonight. God is good. And so are you. And he is a good father, and he has good things for you. And so he's wanting to set you free from your past. He is wanting to set you free from the pain and the tragedy and the heartache and the turmoil of your past. And he wants to release you as a butterfly into the future, the glorious future that he has for you. So are you in? Are you ready to cooperate with God? You need to renew your mind. 
Don't pick up the newspaper, read the Bible. Get the junk out, get the good stuff in. And, and that's, how, that's how you, it's, you, you replace the lies with the truth. Jesus is the truth. The word is the truth. The word of God is the one thing that has changed my life more than anything. And the more I read it, and the more I believe it, and the more I walk in it, the more it changes me. And, 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 and I'm no different than the rest of y'all. So I would just encourage you, you know, um, start, start devouring the word of God. And allow God to change you and transform you. And I, that's all I got. So thank you. To, thank you.